It is time to talk travel. Sally Lucas with us again. And Sally, we've got a, we've got a guest today with some exciting things to talk about. Well, I think it's going to be exciting, Jane. We have Jeremy Lindblad with us from Lindblad Expeditions and they have um, forged with National Geographic to do some wonderful adventure-based um, travel. So I just thought we'd talk about that. Now, Jeremy has just come back from Borneo, but also he's been to the Galapagos. So we thought we'd cover those two areas today. So, Jeremy, take us to the the Galapagos. Ah, well, thank you for having me, first off. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to chat with you folks up there. So, well, the Galapagos is a very special place. Um, we've been traveling in the region since 1963, actually. Uh, my, my grandfather was the, the first human being to take non-scientific guests to the area. And, uh, and the, the Galapagos is an incredibly interesting place, and it's very special for a couple of reasons. Yeah. Uh, the, the number one being, uh, it's got more endemic species than anywhere on Earth. And what, and what that means is that you'll find more things that live there and only there uh, than any other place uh, on the globe. And as we all know, Charles Darwin was doing his work there. It, it gave him the ability to watch, watch animals actually uh, change in, in a very short period of time because of its uh, distance away from the coast and, uh, and, and the way in which the, the islands made themselves up. So an incredibly interesting place if you want to go and see wildlife. Absolutely. I think everyone that has ever been there, and I am yet to get there myself, Jeremy, but Jane has been there and any clients we have had, of course, same with Antarctica, I guess, too, or even the Kimberley, all those regions are just very, very special and unique places and things that you're going to see that you are not going to see anywhere else, as you say, and a little world within itself, as Darwin did describe it. So how many islands make up the Galapagos, Jeremy? Oh, it's quite large, and, and to be honest, uh, the islands that one would visit on, a, on let's say, a, a seven-day trip, mm-hmm. you would really want to focus on, on a particular small grouping, um, just because there's so many activities to do. Yeah. You know, one of the things about the Galapagos uh, that makes it so special is, is your proximity to wildlife, which is, which is yes. unheard of anywhere in the world. And, and that all stems from a, a simple fact, which was there's never been a land-based predator in the island group. So nothing's ever been eaten or or chased, which means that your ability to get close to wildlife is is unbelievably special. Um, And and with that being said, you really don't need to move too far to see what's around. Um, For example, going up to the northern islands aren't necessary um, Mm -hmm. to really experience all that the Galapagos has to offer. Wow. And, of course, you do it by vessel. I mean, just in case there are people out there who don't understand how you see the Galapagos, you know what I mean, which there could be listeners who don't realise that. But you do it by vessel, so that's a lovely way to be doing it as well. And, obviously, you can do things like additional things like kayaking. And, of course, I can imagine it would be a photographer's dream. It really is. Um, so we, we operate two vessels there year-round. Um, we actually take about 7,000 guests there a year. But the, the vessels that we operate are, are small. So one only takes 48 passengers and the other takes 96. And, and what's great about the Galapagos is that one wakes up in the morning, and depending on where you are, the choices are endless. So, for example, uh, a typical day uh, aboard, let's say, the National Geographic Endeavor, one of our ships there, you'd wake up and we would split the boat up into as many groups as possible. So you could choose to go kayaking in the morning. You could go snorkeling. You could take a photo course. You could go sit on the beach. You could go on a hike. You could go out with the bird watchers and, and, and with an ornithologist and, and go look at blue-footed boobies. So the opportunities are endless. 
Um, but it's a very active place should you want to make it active. And, and we try to make you spend as much time off the ship as possible. Exactly. And do you require a certain level of fitness? Like, would it not be suitable for certain people? You know, people ask me that question a lot, and, and I've been to the Galapagos, uh, Lord knows, many times, and, and I've seen uh, multi-generational families with, with 95-year-old grandparents taking their entire mm, families fantastic. with them. And, and, and at the end of the day, again, it's as, it's as uh, hard as you want to make it for you. So we're very attuned to uh, our guests and, and mm. their capabilities. So we will offer... For example, on, on an afternoon, there will be a short hike, a long hike, and a, and, and a medium hike. And you can choose, depending on your, on your fitness, right, what you want to do. Exactly. And if you want to just sit on a beach and, and interact with the sea lions that will come up and try to sit in your lap, um, <laughs> good, good on you, you know? That'll be a heavy weight on your lap. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and how far is it? If people want to know how to get there, of course, you have to go via Ecuador. Mm. You know, it's actually uh, coming from Australia, uh, mm-hmm. where we are here, it, it's really, it, yes, it's a long distance, but it's not that difficult. So one would fly over to Santiago, to mm-hmm. Chile, yeah. and then from there you take particular flights that we would let you know about, or yep. however you want to get up. You get up to Ecuador, so yep. either to Guayaquil or Quito, and, yes. then, uh, and then you charter on a plane. We have a plane that charters you over to the islands. There's no point in, in crossing those 300 kilometers uh, from mainland by oh, sea. Oh, no, so no. Fly on in and... and and, and hop on a on a ship when you're there. Yep, that's fine. Okay, well, Jeremy, that's it for our first segment. We'll look forward to talking to you again shortly about Borneo. As we talk travel, thanks to our sponsor, Travel on King, and Sally Lucas, some great topics today. Aren't they great? Jeremy, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Now we're going to another fascinating destination of Borneo. And I guess everyone is familiar with the endangerment of the orangutans there. But, of course, it's famous for lots of other species and rare species as well, aren't they? Isn't it, should I say? Not aren't they, isn't it? (laughs) You know, the orangutans always get top billing, but those proboscis monkeys, I've got to say, are... Are, are incredibly fun to watch. They've got such a funny nose. Yes, they do. <laughs> it's a rare thing. And I've just sort of been reading today, you know, some information about the national parks there. And is it the Tanjung Puting National Park um, is very diverse and it's home to some 220 bird species and numerous other monkey mm. species as well. So, again, you're going to see, you know, quite a lot of wildlife, aren't you, once you go into Borneo? Yeah, absolutely. The thing that's interesting about visiting Borneo is, is uh, because there's such a, um, a, a, a growth of palm oil plantations, mm. the way to see Borneo is really through river systems. And, and what happens is because there's less forest to be in, you've got a, a, a very tight conglomeration of, of animals on these riverbanks. So right. the birds, the different, you know, the, 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 the gibbons, uh, the, the different primates, they all come to the river's edge, and it's quite good viewing. Yeah, it would be great. And so you mm. sort of uh, be going up rivers in zodiacs and things, I would imagine. Absolutely. We go up, uh, you can go up in, in zodiacs, and you can also use the, the local boats, which are called clotoks, ah. which are slow but incredibly comfortable and, uh, and actually a really good way to visit. It's always nice to get a little local flavor yes. when you visit a place like that. Absolutely. And, of course, I mean, it's quite famous, I guess, Camp Leakey is a research station that was established in 1971. Um, and, of course, it is still, still running today with people, you know, obviously focusing on saving the orangutan from extinction. Mm. So I guess you get to, to visit Camp Leakey as well. 
Absolutely. So I, I actually just returned last Thursday, uh, actually last Friday. I was up with Dr. Brute Galdicus, who founded Camp Leakey. And, uh, and yes, she's created a, well, she's got a home up there, uh, mm-hmm. as well as a research station where you've got the, the largest amount of wild orangutans uh, in Borneo. And um, it's, it's absolutely incredible seeing this lady who has spent the last 43 straight years of her life living in the jungle studying these incredible animals and when you're there with her it's like dr doolittle they come out of the woodwork and swing down because they're they're seeing an old friend almost isn't that amazing that's impressive isn't it to think that she's given up all that well she probably doesn't consider it giving up her life she Mm. probably considers it something she loves doing but that is still an incredible thing to commit yourself to isn't it to 43 years of living in the jungle and just doing this wonderful work i mean it's she's a very special person obviously she is. I tell her she's got more passion in her pinky nail than I have probably in my whole body for, for animal <laughs> conservation. And, and she thinks I'm crazy, but I, I think she's just a, a remarkable human being. Yeah, and again, you've got the opportunity, I guess, in some of these areas um, to swim and snorkel off some of these um, archipelagos in that area. Yes, on, on the west coast of Borneo, there's actually uh, quite a good bit of, of snorkeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want to go snorkel or you want to go dive, I, I wouldn't say it's the best part of the of, of that area to go. If no. you head east towards Komodo or Raja Ampat, you're going to get better stuff. But to be honest, to go and spend time with animals that share 97% of our genetic makeup, to look into the eyes of these uh, of these apes, the only Asian ape, and uh, and and wonder how close we are as as humans and apes. It, yeah. It's really remarkable. Uh, it would be, and um, yes, there's so many parts of the world we can still explore, aren't they? And there, I was only reading the other day, Jeremy, which was pretty scary. They're saying in the last 40 years, where we've lost a huge percentage of our wildlife. I don't even, yeah, it, it's a very tough thing to talk about. It makes me, it makes yeah. me sick, to be honest, and, and yeah. we spend a lot of our lives, my, my family and the company, doing everything we can to preserve this, this yeah. globe, and uh, we do our best. But, yes, it, unfortunately, things aren't trending in the right direction for, for folks like the orangutans. No, and we do need to get more awareness, I think, out there and people to realise what's happening, especially with that palm oil and you know, how they're being mm. so deforested and losing their habitats. And, you know, it's the same everywhere, like in Africa where I was last year, you know, with, with elephants and the poaching. You know, we can talk about all different parts of the world and the globe, the gorillas and so on, where these things are happening. So I think the, the awareness factor is important and to support any of those foundations that, that help, you know, try and, and improve the life of, of these animals and give them extended life. I think it's, it would be so sad if we ever lost them, wouldn't it? It would be terrible. I, I don't know if anyone read the story yesterday um, of the 35,000 walrus that they've just found up on land in Alaska. Walrus are supposed to live on ice, and unfortunately, because of the that. Bering Sea, ice shelf has moved so deep, uh, and the walrus can't feed in deep water. Um, it was just one day, snap, move, 35,000 walrus moved south onto land, and uh, and unfortunately, it's a bit sad, but but because they're stuck on land now and they're they're confined, they're they're trampling each other, and mm-hmm. and uh, yes, we have we have big issues out there, and and I, I agree with you, we have to do our best to support those that are working hard, people like Daphne yeah. Sheldrick with yes. the elephants in, in, in Kenya. Well, I'm, and I, Dr. I've got th- here. yeah, I've got three orphan elephants from Daphne Sheldrick. Yeah, me too, me too. Uh, Daphne, you? my, my oh, father's I, godmother. Yes, I just so renewed I, my my little yeah. my little yeah. commitment again the other day for one of my orphans, and it's so beautiful to keep up to date on where they are up to and you know how they rescue them i mean again as you say daphne sheldrick you know all these wonderful women jane goodall you know diane fossey diane fossey yeah, it was all women always 
always yeah. women, because they're, you know, listen, at the end of the day, they've, they've been so passionate, and, and I swear they've got more guts than, than any of these other folks running around. I, I think Daphne's, uh, she's a big part of our family. Uh, I, I adore that lady as well. And, yeah. um, Wonderful. And I, I can tell you, I, the first 20 years of my life, I never received birthday or Christmas presents. I was only adopted animals. And it wasn't <laughs> until I, oh, I, I would get back to school and all my friends would show me their toys, but I realized that I was a bit different. But yes. I can tell you, I loved, uh, I, I like supporting these folks, and, and yeah. it, it means a lot. Likewise, I'm the same. And, and thanks again, Jeremy. We've run out of time. Unfortunately, we could talk forever, but unfortunately, I can't do that. So mm. I would like to thank you very, very much once again today. And I'm sure our listeners would ha- get a lot out of that and get a lot of realization about what's happening in the Galapagos and Borneo. So once again, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye. Jeremy Lindblad from Lindblad Expeditions on 2NURFM's Talking Travel. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we'll talk travel again next Friday after the 1 o'clock news for our sponsor, Travel on King.